0: And Chad. Greetings.
1: And Chad could be you. could be a little more enthused to be here, possibly. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Maybe we have a meeting between the first and the last one.
2: (laughs) Hello. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's try that again. Hmm. You want to be enthused, but not giddy. (laughs) I'll try, Sean.
0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Cavern today. Over the Fence, episode four. I'm Jeff, and with us today we have Jonathan. Hey, Sean. Hello. And Chad.
2: Howdy.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's get right into it. I lost topic. <laughs> I lost the bullet point link. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Rep- <laughs> replayability of games is it always necessary?
0: Yeah, I was having a conversation with uh, Moog about this. Or I mean, Griff about this the other day actually we were talking about uh i was mentioning how dragon age felt really p- replayable to me even though it was a really long game and how i mean some games even when they're kind of short if you can replay them a lot like games like portal where i f- can jump into that game anytime and really enjoy myself it doesn't really matter how short it is if it, the game is really replayable
1: mm. i feel similar about uh mirror's agile i know a lot of people don't like that game it's uh to me, the, it it's not the story. It's not the it's not the the shooting. It's the ironing out all of the free running, you know. So you get that nice, smooth, slick feel. And I still haven't like I don't think I've gotten any level down to a perfect T. Just when I think I'm
3: doing good, I fall off some balance beam somewhere.
0: Not gonna yeah, I make know. it as a real free runner.
3: <laughs> I don't know that it has as much to do with the game itself. Like always having more to do. Like something like anything, any of Bioware's RPGs, Dragon Age, whatever. Those will all have, you know, massive amount of stuff to do, whereas, you know, it's not uncommon that I'll fire up the original Mario Brothers or something, despite the fact that I've played through it innumerable times. You know, it's always fun to just fire it up again, even though there's nothing new to do there.
0: Right. But then you have some games like uh, like Fallout 3. I finished that game and I don't think I'm ever going to go back and play it. I finished like every quest. Mm hmm. But I mean even some short games, you feel like you've beat the game and you don't really want to go back and play it again. Not to not yeah. to get stuck
1: on that, but you know, how long did it take you to bleed Fallout Three Dry? Oh um, probably
0: took me a couple of
1: months. I mean it wasn't really
0: okay, I don't know yeah, how
1: so many hours. Yeah. <laughs> so you were on the path to just just wring all the goodness out of that game. Yeah, yeah, Fallout Three, it took me a good
3: while to get through it. But, well, uh, then they
1: kept feeding us that those DLC packs, and mm-hmm. they were all very good. Yeah, yeah. See, every time I see it, like the only DLC that looked interesting to me was the one where you're in the flying saucer. And that was one of the worst of them all. Yeah, <laughs> actually was. Yeah. And everything, all the gameplay I see of that game, just post-apocalyptic, doesn't appeal to me, which just makes it surprising they enjoy Borderlands. But you know, well, I'm I like. I have a real big, like, survivor junkie.
0: Uh, I I, I like to scavenge and explore and see if I can scrape together a couple of new bits of things to sell. Like, if you find, like, a refrigerator full of, of, like, purified water, that's like a gold mine in that game. You know, it's kind of neat to really, you know, put yourself in the shoes of being in this post-apocalyptic, like, Mad Max-style world where things like gasoline are the most, you know, wanted substance on Earth.
3: So, in other words you're a high voter for the MacGyver MMO.
0: Oh, that would be fun, but I don't think it would work as an MMO. I mean, how many MacGyvers can you have running around? It's not even fair to the enemies. We have a whole party of MacGyvers working together.
3: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: <laughs>
0: it's just mirrored as the MacGyver theme song sounds suspiciously close to, like, Chippendale Rescue Rangers.
3: Yeah, I I No, it's well, not just, I just uh, you. <laughs> They pointed that out when they was doing the MacGyver theme with lyrics. Oh well, well, yeah, I, that um
0: Flask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, is the your
3: question
1: is your question that should the game be replayable with with more opportunities? Is it is your well, question that the game can be continue to be played even though you finished the story?
0: Well, the question I had is like whether a game really needs something like that. I mean, obviously you have MMOs which have to keep feeding people, players new content, otherwise you know people get bored and they stop playing. But not all the time does a game really need to be replayable. I think. I mean, sometimes mm. if a game's long enough, you know, you feel kind of satisfied, like you got your money's worth out of it. But it's kind of like wondering what that threshold is for you know value versus gameplay. Whereas, you know, for example, P- Portal, I would have paid, you know, the full price for the orange box just
1: to play Portal. And uh-huh. that game is really short. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it is. I
1: I beat on Assassin's Creed 2. Like, I spent as much time as I could have and should should not have been spending on it I was playing it. Hmm. And what I really like about having reached the end of the game is they did something that they should have done with the first game, which they didn't. Even though you finished the storyline, any side quests that you left open are still playable, can still be completed, and in some cases can be repeated. And also all the puzzle hidden areas that you went to, um, because they have these special areas that you had to complete a certain number of them. And you can actually go back through your little DNA chain and actually replay them. And so combine that with the the free-roaming splendor of, of Venice, and it's just like, I feel like the game continues to keep on giving. But I kind of felt the same way about um, the previous game, but the the way to get around it is like you had to go back to, I think the Jerusalem save and then white through the two minutes of dialogue. So what I just did is I played up to that point before that save and just grabbed one of those flags which which marked you into a city and then you're. I always kept replaying from that point. I actually tried once to to go through. Uh, uh, what's the city starts with a D I can't remember the name Damascus Damascus I tried to go to Damascus and clear it of all guards uh, but they respawn so yeah you told me about you told us about that in the previous episode yeah well I it, it's even more insidious in Assassin's Creed 2 like you can clear a block and literally turn the corner and they're back <laughs> but to me that's more fun recruitment is high in the city of Venice <laughs> And the whole like like not like falling in water is not instantly deadly in this game is is one bonus as well. So anyway, speaking of the end of the world, World of Warcraft Cataclysm. Ah yes, yes. <laughs> We've only been putting this off since the first podcast. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> well, we need we need a group of, of WoW people together, and uh,
2: now you have one.
1: Yeah, and let, let me let me be honest about WoW. I. I played WoW well when I was living in Vegas by myself with nothing else to do. So, like, I filled all my spare time playing WoW. Well. you think I would have gotten further, but I just went from, like, level 40 up to 70 and then got the expansion and went up to 80. And then I got my Netherwing Drake. And then I was done. <laughs> so, I actually might get Cataclysm for, for no other reason than the fact that I, there would be more exploring I can do. And I can fly in the original continents. There's like no other reason they want it. Yeah. I, I, I'm really excited for it just because uh I like the approach of
0: instead of just kind of following their formula that they had been building of just introducing a whole new continent or area to explore and packing on an extra ten levels, they decide to just Turn this game into a world of Warcraft 2, more or less, by blowing up the
1: world and having this cataclysmic event happen that changes everything that was existing in the old world. I bet you they'll have it come out just in time to try to take the wind out of the of Star Wars The Old Republic. They were trying oh, to shoot for that. spring or summer, but
0: it's blizzard. They take their sweet time if they don't think it's ready. Mm, and they've been yeah, known to they... completely cancel games that have been done just because you know they weren't happy with them
3: hmm like starcraft All ghost
0: yeah starcraft Roach. ghost and uh warcraft lord of the clans yeah that was their monkey island style adventure game
1: they had a monkey island style adventure game and they did yeah that started it.
0: thrall and it was done in a cartoony style kind of like a curse of monkey island yeah and the game was done too but they canceled it because they didn't feel it met their standards and they turned
1: the whole story of that into a novel
2: Oh, that's right. That,
1: that would have been some... fun. I would have played that. What was
2: that novel called? It's escaped my... Do we
1: have Chad the Loremaster here? The
0: novel was called <sighs> Lord of the Clans. They didn't even change the name of it. It's I one of it was... the better
1: ones. I haven't read that one.
0: Well, if you, their whole old Durnhold Keep level in the Caverns of Time is uh, part of that novel.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. When you're rescuing, breaking
1: Thrall out of Durnhold Keep and...
3: It's a good instance.
1: to free the slaves and stuff. So, anything else to say about cataclysm?
3: Are we aren't, aren't we, we
0: going to get
2: wargons
0: That's right. New races. Yeah. Goblins for the
1: Horde and Wargons for the Alliance. Aren't
0: the goblins? Yeah. Won't the <laughs> goblins
1: like become the uh, like the? Crap, I don't know any of the names The goblins, here. of the Horde. Yeah, the gnomes for the goblins Horde. Goblins
2: <laughs> are the Horde, and Worgen are the Alliance, which just seems wrong on so many levels.
0: The thing that's so weird about the Worgens is they're actually human characters that have the mm-hmm. ability to transform into Worgens when they go into combat. So yeah. it's like a second human class, or race. It's really weird.
3: It really is. And uh, lore-wise, it makes sense for them to be on the Alliance more so than the Horde, I suppose, but... I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. Mm, but I like that the
0: starter zone is supposed to be like a flashback of all the events that led up to them closing up the city prior is to... Uh, how they're going to do it? ...in World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat.
3: Oh, that's cool. I like that. That'll be a lot better read? than the Death Knight starting zone.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> You know, I actually
1: stayed there in the Death Knight starting zone for the longest time just to just to have all the, the sweet things that uh, the glitch the King would say to me. <laughs> Go get me some milk. For no, you, you, know, you walk over and you click on him and he's like,
3: your will is not your own.
2: Yeah, I must have stood there for like
1: ten minutes just looking at him. thinking. Well, I was, you know, as I, I actually took a lot of time looking at him. And it really, what I got from him is like I could see kind of the inputs. Like I could see like, it's like... He's kind of like he's evil. He's got like the power sword, so he's essentially an evil He-Man. But if you Frost look at the outfit, you see the Skeletor Frost influence, and it's like then you see the the helmet. You see the the Witch King influence. You know, Witch King, Lich King. It's kind of interesting. <clears throat> so like you can see like the little bits and pieces that became the Lich King as we know him.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. The those guys are Blizzard are notorious for just kind of picking and choosing things from.
1: Oh, there are parts of if if you play through and you actually read all the quests, and I have to say I haven't read them all, but there's quite a few of them where you you see the bits and pieces they're taken from things like instead yeah. of like the skeksis from the dark crystal, they have the skedis, you know. Yeah. And but they, they look exactly the same, you know, that kind of stuff. Speaking of blatant references, there's a part in uh,
0: Dragon Age where you
1: have to go get these
0: sacred ashes. But you go to go through like this trial in this temple and it's just straight out of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There's even like an old ghostly knight who's leading you through these trials. And there's a part where you have to make an invisible
1: bridge across this chasm. And <laughs> I love when there's cultural references that I get because sometimes there, there are ones that I don't. Yeah, I think someone at one point
0: in that game said, "Have fun storming the castle."
1: Well, as another aside of, of a similar kind of thing, when you when you meet your uncle in um, Assassin's Creed 2, he looks to you and he's like, "You don't recognize me? It's a me, Mario." <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's actually quite interesting. I mean, and I thought like maybe they're going to have another comedic note there, but that was like you know that was a one-off. That was all you get. So. That's great. <laughs> so, so moving forward, um, I linked the the World of Warcraft anniversary page, the 15 year anniversary page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I'm sure that when I linked it, I had all kinds of reasons why.
2: They some great video features.
1: And yeah, we were supposed
0: to record last week. It's it's interesting though to think that the franchise has you know been this strong for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played a. I had a a guy burn me a copy of his uh, original Warcraft game on a CD-ROM. It took, like, 40 megs up on that disc. (laughs) Wow. And it was a huge game. (laughs) And I remember I sat there, and I played that game forever. And it wasn't until, like, I beat the game that I realized that you can hold down, like, control and select more than one unit at a time.
3: (laughs) Oh, gosh. So So it was a very tedious experience. it was bad, anyway, because you can only select up to, like, four guys. But it's just kind of but still, interesting
0: to it. see the shift, because that game kind of started out to be a little bit goofy and silly, and the second one was a little less goofy and silly, but still kind of had that. And Warcraft 3 was so much more serious, and then now you have World of Warcraft, and there's light hints of silliness hidden away in, in the game, but for the most part, it's some pretty much doom and gloom, serious stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, of course it is. It's... World of Warcraft, hence War. Hey, I mean, who would have thought that
0: little Silicon and Synapse who made, like, The Lost Vikings and Rock and Roll Racing would have turned around to be this huge juggernaut in the gaming industry? Chad, did you ever play
1: uh, a Blood Elf?
2: Oh, I've always played a Blood Elf.
1: Sherry and I started uh, a couple of paladins there. Because I said I wanted to do a horde character. And uh, you know what I spent hours doing? Hmm. (laughs) Killing the cats. (laughs) 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 Because the the noise they make when you kill them. (laughs) And she's like, well, you stop killing the cats. I'm like, I I see more cats. They have to die.
2: (laughs) I like killing the
0: elephants for the same reason. Which it's elephants? It's
2: fun to go around with oh, your big, There's, kills.
0: there's elephants in, in Outland, and there's a couple of like mammoths in uh, Northrend that make the same noise.
3: Oh, okay. The strange one, uh, as far as the deaths go, is the uh, trees, the tree elemental guys in Thalwood.
1: Uh, oh, they break in half? and.
3: They break them. in yeah, half,
1: they, they kind of... Flail around. Kind of like they around, of
3: slide away and they're like, mm-hmm.
0: oh no, I'm falling apart. Well, the, <laughs> yeah,
1: I loved that. Well, being that I that I have a druid and I'm a moonkin, I have treants, so I see that all the time.
3: But I was
0: reading... I also uh, like the goblins and the goblin tree cutter machines, because they'll fall out and then the machine will land on them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading an article once and it was saying that the treants were kind of an odd one out because most of the animations are just the guy falls over or something and, uh, or they explode or something. And they're all very kind of, you know, just generic deaths. Whereas the tree end has this whole full comedic animation to it. And,
1: uh, you know, to they remind me of something actually, but I mm-hmm. never put my finger on what
3: mm-hmm.
0: the tree ends do. Hmm. I feel the same about killing blood, uh, blood elves because they have that like uh, over dramatic <laughs>
2: with hands oh, raised
0: yeah. to the sky <laughs> trying to
2: hey survive.
1: you are just like
0: well, oh, we blood on, elves. We're queen, just
2: we have to be over dramatic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'm whenever, pretty whenever you d- talk to them, oh, shalom, uh, something
2: whatever. I can't say. I just know it ends in
1: like Falanore and it's like. Like I have... mala no, mala Ding Dong. does it must it be <laughs> shouted?
2: <laughs> yes, it must. Glory to the Sindorei! I can't say it the way they say it. They so, think, yeah,
0: one of the drain, I say something like "Be excellent to each other." It always reminds me of Bill and Ted. It's not headline exactly, but that's what it reminds me of.
3: Mm-hmm. I always like one the cat.
1: silly the, the jokes that they say.
3: There's this one orc. If you go to Orgamar outside the pvp tent outside the battle master's tent there's the, the one or guard there and i just was really odd when i learned about it if you do a slash wave at him he'll actually wave back
0: now yeah, all oh. the guards and stormwind will salute you if you salute them
1: yeah there's a, there's, a, there's another guy um i guess the uh what's the what's the big city Silvermoon, the one for for the Silver yeah,
2: Silver Moon City. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's some guy up on a balcony you can wave to. <laughs> and he'll do the same thing.
0: Well, I actually, something I discovered pretty recently is that some of the little vanity pets in the game react to each other. And I always thought that was interesting. Like if you mm-hmm. pull out the skunk pet and someone has a black cat, the skunk will fall in love <laughs> with the cat and start chasing after it. Oh, no. <laughs> like a Pepe Le Pew yep. thing.
3: Oh, one is, uh, oh, Little is A couple Behold. of other
0: ones like the uh, the, the BlizzCon pet, the Murloc Marine, from, like StarCraft. <laughs> if you bring that out there and someone has a Zergling pet, <laughs> they, they try to kill each other.
3: My favorite one of... was always the Beholder. If you have it out around other critters, there's a chance he'll shoot an eye laser at it and just and kill it. <laughs>
1: That's another pet that, that has a nice dying sound is the rabbit.
2: <clears throat> How did we go from talking about the anniversary site to pets? Are are you complaining that this is
1: a random conversation? Oh, Goodness gracious,
0: we want to keep going on
2: conversation.
0: Well, Xbox Live introduced uh, avatar pets recently. Oh. You uh, get a little doggy or a kitty for your avatar, and you can throw away your money, or well, actually, just give your money to Microsoft. Because they're not rich enough already.
2: Well, you could do the same thing with WoW. You can buy $10... What is it? $10? $10 for the little KT pet. And the sad part is, is I want a little TK pet, so yeah.
0: The little Lich King pet and the little uh, Pandaren Brewmaster
2: pet. Yeah. Well, technically, Kalthazad is not a Lich King. He's a Lich. Whatever. (laughs) Be accurate.
3: (laughs) Probably one of the most obvious points of lore is the only one you've gotten correct tonight.
1: Be <laughs> well, anyway, let's move on to another MMO,
2: Guild Wars Two. Finally,
1: I played Guild Wars. Guild uh, Wars. Anthony and I played it together, although he was much more devoted than me. I mean, he took that game for all it was worth. I mean, he just every time I turned around, he's like leveled up another character, and he went crazy with it, and. He did what I tend to do ideally with most of my games. I treat them all like single players. Um, that, that's why like Borderlands was perfect for me. So you know I don't I don't need anyone. But you know if people join in, the more the merrier. Whereas you know Guild Wars, if if you don't have a full party, you can get spanked pretty bad. They, they that's what I also like that about Guild Wars when you you could actually have henchmen that you could load up in your party, who would you know do the rudimentary job of what another person in that role would do. And improved in Nightfall with heroes. You could have up to three heroes in your party that you could configure the way you want. Of course, this is just a way to get you to spend more time, because then you have to spend time leveling up characters of that same type, and then capturing spells or whatever. What's kind of funny (coughs) is you can actually, after a certain point, they gave you the ability to buy all the skills for the class for those characters, I guess. Except for the elites. But if you have a character of that class, you can't have those skills. <laughs> it's a different, it's a different thing to, to World of Warcraft, definitely. But anyway, Guild Wars Two is looking graphically much more impressive than Guild Wars One, and it's supposed to still be the same thing as Guild Wars One, where it's like you just buy the box copy, and that's all you need, and you can play. So I'd, I'd imagine it'll have similar problems as the first one, where like it, everyone's kind of looking the same. I mean, you can you can buy whatever crazy armor is, but you're not going to be the only one.
3: I bought the uh, Guild Wars Trilogy box and uh, I kind of started playing it and it wasn't bad. The Uh, first one was
1: okay. The second one like factions was no fun to me until Nightfall came out and I had heroes.
3: Yeah, I've only tried uh, the base one.
1: And it's kind of interesting how the expansions kind of cross-pollinate like you, you gain the ability of heroes in retroactively in prophecies and in factions, which if you don't have the the Nightfall, you don't have that ability.
3: When I was, a while back, when I was looking at uh, Guild Wars 2, the only thing I really noticed, or the only thing that um, I was really interested in was the trophy thing, where they were saying that achievements or not that Guild Wars has true achievements, but things that you did in Guild Wars 1 would transfer over and give you, like, trophies in your house in Guild Wars 2. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just thought that was really cool, and I'm kind of surprised that a lot of games that have sequels aren't doing that kind of a thing yet.
1: My friend Dan, who puts the kind of time into Guild Wars that I've seen other people put into WoW, has probably got a mass of those. And he's, you know, for somebody who, who will complain about how certain games are just too involved i mean his he has got guild wars down like he he has these like collections of skill sets for various types of characters and groups depending on what you need to do like elementalist, he'll have one for earth and one for fire one for water depending on whatever the scenario calls for and because once once you're out in the in the instance you can't change your skill bar it's set you Mm -hmm. can you can have eight skills and that's it and um the skills have all these various little tricks. Like, it's it's not just, like, you know, this throws a fireball. This throws a fireball doing 15 damage except for, you know, if it's raining outside and your character is facing the wrong way. There's just all these little details. But then somehow there's something at the bend. But if you are facing the wrong way, you'll get random damage against unseen foes. Like, it's just some craziness. And somehow he's managed to get all those little things interwoven into, like, a awesome little skill bar. Like, you like wow. you. I can like walk around with him and watch him kill parties by himself, and uh, <laughs> I'm like, more power to you. I, I don't have the kind of devotion to sit there and master the skills on that kind of a level. And he also was bad mouthing PVP forever, and then next thing I know, he's doing PVP, loves it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he had never tried it.
1: Well, I'm thinking once he gets he masters his, his skill bar, suddenly PVP was a lot more uh, elementary to him.
2: When like you the best
0: player in the world, suddenly PvP is very appealing. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he has a, an assassin from the factions that somebody came after him and, and, and uh, ganked and just like three or four people grabbed him. He's like, oh no you don't. He spawned and he, he ran down each one of them and killed them. <laughs> so. So anyway, um, Guild Wars 2's trailer, the racist trailer, the only one I really remember distinctly, I mean, we have like the the Viking dude and the magic earth spell girl, but the one that I like is the the Guild Wars. The approximation of a gnome. They're like they're kind of like gnomes slash dwarves slash sci-fi because they like make magic robots. Yeah. So
0: freaky little alien things.
1: I if I were to play Guild Wars
0: 2, that's the one I'd probably play. I'd be one of that big lizard dude. I never really played the first uh, Guild Wars that much. I played what big lizard dude. G- or was it
1: the big dog man? people?
0: Yeah, whatever it was. He, yeah, the he, scar. He's got like scales and spikes and stuff, and he looks vicious. And I think that's pretty cool. I'd play that. There's but. no
1: scales. They have fur.
0: Okay, fine. <laughs> I watched
2: the trailer. And I thought it was cool. But, yeah. It was. I I really thought the Silvari, which is those plant people, which John was talking about a second ago, was a rather unique idea for a race. Since mostly you see elves, gnomes, and humans, and that's rather boring now.
1: And I think that it's nice that Guild Wars took a different angle, but of course the the lack of non-human characters kind of turned some people off, and so this game actually adds a little more to
2: it. I'm sorry? Nothing, never mind.
1: See, I would have enjoyed the game more
2: had
0: there been fewer real people playing it, because that was something that kind of took me out of the game,
1: was the whole, like...
2: Lol, I'm too low level for that.
1: Well, I, I always, I exercised my block list <laughs> because there there are people doing you know uh, stupid chat scrolling, mm-hmm. and of course no you know no one insisting they stop stops them. So I just block them. And uh, but I gotta say I never really saw any gold seller solicitations in Guild Wars, but I kept seeing them all over the place in WoW.
2: Well of course you're yeah. gonna see
1: them all over in WoW. It's like huge in China, isn't it? Yeah, well there are there is a gold seller contingent for Guild Wars. I just never saw it.
3: Well I think the biggest difference there is that with WoW, you're paying a subscription to play. Mm-hmm. So it's in your interest to get as far as you can, as fast as you can. <clears throat> and having more gold allows you to do that better.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Whereas in Guild Wars, you know, once you buy it, that's it. You have it for as long as you want. You don't have to spend another set on it. So if it takes you you know, an extra month to get the money you need, yeah, it kind of sucks that it takes longer, but it's not really that much of a big deal. You're not losing any money on it.
1: Yeah. The same company did Gil- or has done Guild Wars. Is, uh, aren't they the one responsible for Aeon, the
2: flying MMO? Uh,
3: I don't know about Aeon. They did do um, City it's, Heroes. It's NCSoft.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think NCSoft did do Aeon. They? I'm pretty sure oh, they I did. Sure. I think that's
1: why my friend Dan is playing it because he, uh, you know, <laughs> he he can sometimes be be a uh, a one party line kind of guy. Like he bought an Xbox and later got rid of it and lived the PlayStation
2: uh, in a time when the PlayStation
1: sucked. was not compelling.
2: Yeah, it is. So, well, Xbox 360 sucks anyway, Chianthus. Well,
1: no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 like, I like them both. And I gotta say, um, having a couple of games that I've seen on both systems, the Xbox 360 tends to look better than the PlayStation. Well, doesn't
2: it have a higher Affiliate rate resolution? Uh, it,
1: it upscales to 1080p, whereas the uh, PlayStation only puts out 720p. But it's mm. more than that. Um, the Xbox, I think, is doing more anti-aliasing. The PlayStation does something called Quinconx. I may be pronouncing that wrong. It starts with a Q. And the whatever they're doing, it doesn't it it less smooths out the edges of objects and more blurs the world, which I've noticed I
2: think that is anti-aliasing.
1: The anti-aliasing does the edges. Right. Yeah, Whereas okay. this what they're doing is actually blurring the world. So, as an example, like one of the mm-hmm. games that I that I have on Bull system is Mirror's Edge. Mm-hmm. And Mirror's Edge looks very sharp and smooth on 360, very little screen tearing whereas on the PlayStation I see a lot of screen tearing and I see all kinds of jaggies all over the place. And I,
3: sure have, I have screen, your,
1: uh, I have screen smoothing turned on. I have the game upscaler turned on and they're both on.
3: You sure it's not your TV or something cuz I have the PS3 Mirror's Edge and I don't have any of that. <laughs> mm.
1: I am my only, I can only say that maybe you don't see it because like you were telling me uh. didn't you didn't see Borderlands without Vsync on. So maybe maybe you don't notice it. But in any case, uh, uh, this isn't just my eye. I actually was looking around for reviews that had information on this. And according to two sources, uh, and I've been really bad with names tonight, one of which I can't remember, but something Looking Glass, they did, they've done reviews of games. They've played them on both systems and done visual um, statistics. And you're getting more screen tearing on the PlayStation than the 360 on a lot of games.
0: So You should just play all these games on a, like a 20-inch CRT television. And that way everything looks really cool because everything has that blur effect
1: regardless of whether it does or not. Yeah. Well, that's also <laughs> such a low resolution that, that, that the, the system probably isn't having any problem outputting that. But uh, no, it's it's just one of those things that just kind of pushes me more heartily into the arms of my PC.
2: <laughs> Put
1: that in a comfortable chair. Because then I have the ability to... Turn on VSync or turn on anti-aliasing, or I can minimize certain settings to maximize others. I mean that, that kind of thing that you have no control over on the consoles. So, and games like um, Modern Warfare Two, they those games are VSynced to completely eliminate screen tearing, which is something you're going to see a lot in first-person shooters or first-person perspective games. Yeah, games games have to refresh really quickly. Yeah, and I've actually in a uh, This Creed 2, if you're running straight down the street, just not turning or anything, you can watch the the tearing happen down the street as you
3: run. Well, one of the things to keep in mind with tearing is that it's related both to the game and your monitor. If your monitor is set for... uh, It's an LCD screen, so it's 60 hertz. So it should be enough. That's what I mean, but I've had games where if I play it on one monitor, they'll tear really badly. But then I move them to a different monitor, even if it has the same refresh rate, they'll play without tears
1: hmm.
3: or with very few for that matter.
1: I don't know. I've, I've never heard of a display making that kind of a difference. I mean, I can understand when we're talking about ghosting about the differences, but I've never heard of screen tearing being monitor relative hmm. because all LCDs are, are, you know, 60 hertz, which really is it's not really a refresh rate per se but it's, it's actually the, uh, the, the real way they actually measure it tends to be the pixel response time, in which case my TV may, may be subpar, but I've seen this kind of stuff even with stuff connected to my computer monitor with consoles connected to my computer monitor. So at the end, the end of the story, is like enable VSync and it all disappears. I mean, but then, of course, the performance is limited, and I, I think that's the whole reason why they don't do it is because it brings the performance down. I understand that reasoning in which case i'd rather have a beefier pc and game on that speaking of televisions uh
0: that avatar game the Mm -hmm. game based on the upcoming movie yeah uh it's one of the first games to have a support feature for uh 3d televisions yeah i just heard that i thought it was kind of interesting and how gimmicky that's going to (laughs) be well
1: i don't know there's a, a director uh reitman the guy who's doing the upcoming george clooney flick where george clooney is a guy who runs around and fires people it's like i think it's called up in the air or like he's he's hired by companies to give the employees the bad news that they're fired <laughs> that's, oh, that's the right.
2: best they can come <laughs> up with for a movie
1: and it's coming that out like cool, it's coming actually. out christmas day i totally want to see the movie it looks awesome in the uh, case <laughs> the director says that he hates 3d and I'm like i am with you i hate 3d I've seen it. I've seen 3D at the pseudo digital theaters, and I've seen it at IMAX, and it just annoys me in both cases.
2: Well, Especially talking- the
1: IMAX, where they only do partial 3D conversions, so you got to take the glasses on, and put them, take them off, put them on, and it's like, I don't even want
2: to bother. Just give me the straight up 2D version.
0: Yeah, what's with all these 3D movies anyway? What are we, the 70s?
2: I can't even watch 3D. Well, they're
3: running out of things to do that are innovative.
0: It's like, but that was. Cheesy and gimmicky back then. Why is it suddenly cool again? I mean, it,
3: it's, because it, it, they're trying to reinvent it. It's
1: effective. I mean, you still th- you see the standout, but if you really if you take a minute and pan around the screen, you see you can see all this this nonsense of the the dual layered image and whatever. And I just I don't like it. I would rather just have the two D.
0: Well, that went like movies that are intended to be three D, like that Journey to the Center <clears throat> of the Earth movie, or. So, like, there are so many gimmicky moments in it. I mean, and you see it when you're not watching the 3D version, like on the DVD or Oh, yeah. Like the, the DVD
1: is two-sided. One of so those people 3D. are
0: intentionally throwing stuff at the screen and pointing directly at the camera and stuff. It's just like, well, thank you. That's just flying in my face for the sake of flying in my face. Yeah,
3: more and often you have, than not, 3D is yeah. annoying, but once in a while it can be done well. It's just rare.
1: I think like the short little 15 20 minute movies that they would show at like you know um, MGM Studios or Walt Disney World or Universal Studios those are those are fine you know but Captain like a few yeah <laughs> no I was thinking of the the Muppets one that was the one I was remembering the Muppets one was what like uh, <laughs> I remember the little creature going like everyone else in here thinks they're talking to them but I'm talking just to you and it points right, <laughs> right <to> <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I think, we, I think we've done that. But in any case, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm actually turning against IMAX, which I used to be a big fan of, because um, my friend Ron, who runs the IMAX theater there at Henry Ford Museum, he's I don't know he he's so cavalier about certain things. You know, like he tells me about how like digital audio will never come close to analog audio sound quality. Like I beg to differ. Like you put a record on, you think that sounds better? What about the hiss of the freaking needle traveling on the vinyl? That doesn't bother you that's not that doesn't detract from the audio quality um it similarly at the imax theater you have this awesome huge crystal clear screen except for the dust particles that happen to have gotten stuck on the lens and are now sitting there the thing cleans every 40 seconds and you'll see it condition and then more stuff is there and i turned him like look at this this is terrible like there's there's like five six pieces of like crap sitting on the screen and these these little particles are probably so tiny you couldn't see them, but on the screen John, they're like ten feet tall. They
0: get magnified five hundred yeah. times.
1: And so he says, "Well, yeah, we we need new conditioning rolls, and uh, they're in the mail. I don't know when we'll be getting them." I'm like, "They're in the mail. You got to get that stuff overnighted. <laughs> I'm like this is a big deal." <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I always always tried to sell people on with IMAX, like when you go to like a movie theater what, that still use film stock, you'll see the little circle in the corner where the where the editing marks are. You don't see that on IMAX because they cannot do that. The, the movie has to be absolutely perfectly edited, or the frames go off. The frames go off. The frames don't match the audio, which is not contained on the film stock. So it has to be absolutely perfect every single time. Whereas, when like was, with film stock, if you cut wherever you cut, there might be a little blip, and then the audio continues.
0: When I was growing up, uh, IMAX for me was always those like documentaries. Like they'd have the one on space or the one on the oceans or yeah. But, and those were, like, you know, you'd go to see those IMAX movies because they were, like, you know, really epic, panoramic things. It's weird <laughs> seeing, like, commercial movies in IMAX. It just it doesn't yeah.
1: have the same feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Well, Dark Knight was one of the few that were actually filmed with an IMAX camera, but it wasn't all filmed with an IMAX camera. And you could see the difference. Like, the the ones that weren't filmed were letterboxed, and the ones that were were actually a full... Because the IMAX screen is actually a 4 by 3 ratio. But... Do you remind me of a, of a joke that I, I saw when I watched a preview at an IMAX theater years and years ago? It was um, I was going to see the special effects IMAX movie, which featured uh, a close-up look of the 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 redone star Des- uh, Star Destroyer from Star Wars Episode Four. Remember when they remastered Episode Four? Mm-hmm. They they showed the, mm-hmm. the the completely redone Star Destroyer, and that was cool. Um, but one of the trailers for it, you're you're walking behind this little woodland creature and it keeps walking and then, like, oh, it's a beaver and he's doing his damn. And after a while, I'm like, what are we watching here? And then at the end, it's like, beavers, the biggest damn movie you'll ever see. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so, you know, I, I like stuff like that, but now, like, with everything being digital, yeah, it's a little bit darker than, than IMAX or a regular film stock, but there's no fuzzies on the screen. And that... That is like the fuzzies bug me because once I see it, I can't I can't not see it. I can't stop seeing it. Well, do you look for it? I I would like to say I don't, but like when they're like ten feet tall on the screen, it's kind of hard to miss. I like, mean, this this screen is eight stories tall. It's huge. How close do you sit? I always whenever I see a feature movie in IMAX because they weren't designed for IMAX, I try to sit as far back as possible. Mm. Yeah. For- as an example, when I saw Star Wars there, we were near to the front row it was like watching a tennis match because <laughs> the, <laughs> the screen is so huge it, to give you an example what kind of size we're talking about here like you, you're you're familiar with stadium seating in, in the theaters where it's on a 45 degree angle when you step into the foot well or excuse me, the, the 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 foot area of the front row your feet are 20 feet above the bottom of the screen so like the screen is are is already 20 feet below the, the first row and the screen is probably two, three times the, the height of the, the back row. It's just huge, beyond huge. I mean, the, the, the light bulb that's in the center of the, the projector is about the size of a football. And there's actually not a filament in there. Actually, the filament is a spark of electricity between two contacts, uh, mounted in xenon gas. And I and I know all about the, the IMAX because Ron's just pouring my ear all those times, but... Um, <laughs> He said that if you were to drop that that bulb on the floor, you need to be behind something because it will explode with the concussive force of a grenade because it is so powerfully charged with gas. Wow. wow. <laughs> Those
0: kinds of movies are really distracting. I remember I saw The, uh, the Matrix on uh, IMAX, and I just the entire movie i kept thinking man Morpheus' this complexion is really bad
1: because <laughs> you can just see it it's huge yeah you know that's one of the first things i noticed when I, I watched uh i rented a enterprise show in hd on the xbox 360 i said you know the makeup is actually very obvious <laughs> <laughs> hd is gonna is gonna cause a whole lot of new hurdles for uh media so where, where were we on the bullet points? I
2: <laughs> we should be on the more status report. Okay.
1: Um, God, I am so uninterested by this point in more. I Me, mean, so am I. Just get it out already, or go away. Is, is, is about where I'm at. But but maybe I'm not. Maybe not everyone feels the way I do.
2: Well, you know, it is getting old. It's like. We're working on it, we're working on it. This is more, I, I think, I know not I was telling Sean this. I was like, okay, yeah, you're just telling us what we already know, so just hang on, da-da-da-da. That's about as exciting as well,
1: it gets. They they gave some information, you know, where they, they have a lot of rights problems with the various codes and bits and pieces that are in the, the software.
2: Yeah, but it shouldn't take that long to resolve. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my thought. Is like you know, it sounds like this has been this was the reason a year ago, <laughs> oh, well,
3: <laughs> and this was and, the reason when they started this whole thing.
1: Yeah, so like I don't know, I, I I feel less inspired, and there's there's people kind of foaming at the mouth about this one about you know just people are are starting to to pull away. Although the, the drama of like threats and stuff that I've noticed with certain people is kind of silly. It because, got
2: ridiculous. I I mean, a few weeks before they posted this, I was like reading all these you know. All the, is it more yet, type things, and people were just getting absolutely ridiculous. it Was like, why won't you give it to us? You hate us or something like that. It was really just getting really bad, and people were getting annoyed and angry, and it's just
1: that's that's where I kind of the concept of voting with your dollars. I just vote with my devotion. It's not there for me, so I go elsewhere. Yeah, I don't. I I don't thrive on the drama, so I don't need to like tell people like I'm leaving. You'll never see me again.
2: I'm really
1: I, going this time. It's just
2: all your fault for not getting our game to us. Yeah. Why would you want to tell someone that? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's like you're, I think, I guess they're craving attention. I don't know.
3: Well, beyond that, yeah. they know it's their fault that you left. They know very likely if they had gotten the game out that you would still be there. Do they care? Not particularly. I, and, you know,
1: another point, and I'm glad we don't have a... Uh, Magic Quest Online, bullet point here, so I can go ahead and rail on this for a little bit. Be my guess. Uh, Magic Quest Online, we've seen the trailer, and I'm sure that everyone who (laughs) has has played Uru has noticed the similarities to... Similarities? Uru. It's it's kind of of Uru with with a dash of Magic Quest to make it another game thrown on. It is. Yeah, and...
2: Okay, okay. even the loading screen is the same, except it's got Magic Quest in the center. And I,
1: I really, I sincerely hope the best for cyan i hope they do well with this but i i I said this the other day i think that uh, cyan killed uru and uru's gonna kill cyan it's just (laughs) i don't know how else to say it it just seems like they're just they're stuck with this engine or something and and uh we've gone back and forth actually talking about um you know i'm always like if if they could just multiplayerize the mist five code just that alone would probably give them a, a more of a fighting chance but Which is
3: kind of funny, considering <laughs> to get Myst 5, they de Alright, there we go. Kind of funny that uh, they can't multiplayerize Myst 5, since they got Myst 5 by demultiplayerizing Uru. Well, they didn't just get it. I mean,
1: I thought it was another revision of the engine. Yeah.
3: It is. But the way they got to that revision was by taking Uru, pulling all the multiplayer stuff out, and then adding the new stuff in.
1: Well, that was... That was kind of my point, is like, they, they don't have the Unreal 3 engine, they don't have anything really competitive, but, you know, they have the Uru engine, and the Uru engine isn't even competitive with Free Realms, <laughs> so... Um, well, I think a lot of people are forgetting that, for all
0: intents and purposes, Hand shouldn't even be a company at this point. Got mm. like It's like three guys, and, <laughs> you know... And any work they're doing on Oo is like fifteen minutes here and there. Probably it's only being held together through the sheer force of will of Rand. I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you look at their library, they do not have a large library.
0: No, they're. they're didn't didn't they say the games the are the game. coming to Steam or something? Well, that'd be a help for them if they can do that. I, they, they said there'
3: has been a rumor.
1: They're talking about Riven coming to Good Old Games. And I was like that would that would help a bit, I think, for Riven. if they
0: can get Riven to run really smooth off of Steam without having to jump through hoops, mm-hmm. that would be a
1: huge deal because I would buy well, the game. Again. Well, that's why Good Old Games Six was wasn't, was a good idea for me it's because that you know they tend to to get things working on current PCs, current operating systems.
0: Because that was the big problem with um,
1: GameTap was. Even though the games are there, I still couldn't run them. I tried to try to install a uh, Giant's Citizen Kabuto a little while ago in Windows Seven. It won't run. So, um I mean it, it runs terrible. Like 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 I'm trying to run it a 3D game on a 2D graphics card. It just runs horribly. It's probably just it's speaking a language that my current graphics card doesn't.
2: Does Uber run well on Windows Seven? Has anyone tried that?
1: As far as I can tell, yeah, I have mm-hmm. no problems with it. I think Moog and Janeths both tried it. Yeah, I actually haven't reinstalled uh, Complete Chronicles and then <clears throat> replaced it with my, because I backed up my Drizzle version that has like Mist 5 and the Mule content all extracted into it.
2: He said it.
1: Well, you know, it's not like I didn't participate in uh, Mule, so it's not like I don't feel like I shouldn't have access to that content. That's one of the things that bugged me about like when Mule ended is like, you need to give me an offline version of Mankata, like right now. Not tomorrow, not next year, not next. Come out years. with like another D V D release with the Yeah. Just, like yeah, you did yeah. with like Tidani.
2: Why doesn't Cyan do that? I mean well It's probably never, the, the
1: development time.
2: Everything that
3: they should everything that they should be doing that they're not, from what I can tell, is more or less solely due to manpower.
0: Right. Like I just well, made yeah. the point. It's like there's like <laughs> the company isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a company, almost in name only.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I gotta admit, I some I I've forgotten that once or twice. But saying, when you think of Cyan, you just think. And wow. you think of the golden heyday. Yeah, yeah, you really do. You forget that they went through an economy crash and they had one, arguably
3: two hits twenty years ago. I mean, you know, the game since Uru missed five yeah they were decently good games but they were not what anyone would call huge successes
1: yeah well, well I, I think, kind of think adventure games as, as made, a whole you have to, to kind of aim a little lower with adventure games like I, i'm i'm pretty sure that the uh the penny arcade game and the salmon max and whatever those aren't like massive hits but keeping with the the type of you know John though they're living in versus the cost to develop, they're probably ex- actually doing out pretty good with pretty well with money. It's that Cyan always thought so epic, and that's where, you know, they just didn't have the, the momentum to keep that up. But then again, you know, like Uru debuted in wasn't it oh three?
2: Yeah. It was a little so. it was it was very ahead of its time. I
1: mean, the fact that anyone's even talking about it now is actually quite an accomplishment. There's a lot of games came out into O three that have long been since forgotten, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I know my my friend actually linked me a 4chan thread. I normally avoid 4chan like the plague because it's like the internet's equivalent of uh, the most isolated cantina. But <laughs> but uh yeah, there was a someone had started a mist thread on there and it was amazing to me that how many people had positive things to say about mist and there were people were posting pictures of GAM and you know, mist representing it's It
2: was really kind of endearing. Who could not see Gen and not think that was cool? I mean, I hadn't even read the book of Atrus when I played Riven, and I was like, "Wow, Gen is truly well." Gen.
1: Yeah. See, I've actually reached a point where like the graphics of Riven just don't measure up anymore for me, (laughs) and. And I don't know if, if things always matched up, but I see that the little squares that form around the videos that aren't quite lined up with the static image, and that's one of those like high definition moments where it's like, oh, that's just terrible. I can't see it for the flaws.
0: In uh, Miss Three, it was so weird because things actually got, you know, in Riven things looked uh, better when the video wasn't playing, and it was backwards in Miss Three because mm-hmm. the resolution of everything yeah. else was higher.
1: <laughs> I think technically, graphically speaking, Mist Four was the pinnacle of the, the static oh, image games. Man, I spent so oh. long just like running my finger through that little puddle of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. the that's... the flipping of the pages to the books was looked cooler when they demoed it, like in the videos, but then when I did it, like it's not as cool. What are they doing different?
2: Uh <laughs> eh, automatic flipping.
1: Yeah. But the thing with uh I think the thing that really destroyed Mist Four was the you know, missed games were, were famous for being easy to do once you had the solution figured out. It was figuring out the solution that was hard. Whereas, like you in you know, MS Four, you could have had the solution hours ago. You still can't do it because of a lack of you know the proper manual dexterity needed to do it. Yeah, the
2: game Let had a built in
1: player's guide in the interface, and I
0: still couldn't beat it.
2: <laughs> it was the color puzzle, wasn't it?
0: Uh, mine was Jungle the monkey puzzle, with puzzle. The monkeys, man.
2: Yeah. All the monkeys was easy. No, I wasn't. Yeah. He's formatted.
0: I but furthermore, Mist Four didn't feel like a Mist game.
3: Not really. No. It
0: felt like no. someone, you know, trying to make a Mist
1: clone. Who <laughs> was it that well, said that that
3: is like
2: it
1: was a game hosed down with Mist juice? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's you know, a that's, perfect analogy. You'd think that you would say that about Mist Three being a Mist.
0: So Mist Three felt like Mist.
2: It did. Well, it did, because it, it was it was very perfect, r- kind of a reincarnation type thing. Yeah, to me like, it was a good.
1: It was like an amalgamation of, you know, the, the good graphics and interesting areas that I liked in Riven, plus the hub world of Mist, the original Mist. Yeah. Mhm. Anyway, we were supposed to talk about a a, a meal update or a more update. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's just cover that bit. Uh, the, the more update is essentially they, they need to yank out some code or not yank out the code or rewrite the code so that they can let it go to be open source, you know, to be legally plausible, whatever. And as, as I said at the beginning, I am past the point of caring. And I it, it's not, like, if it comes out tomorrow, I will play it tomorrow. But the right now, like, I just, uh, I've got other things on my plate.
0: So... Well, it was interesting when they described Uru as being like this giant Frankenstein software that has all these little bits and pieces of code from so
1: many different people that it's actually people who know code who have ripped it apart. You know, who who shouldn't have but have have said it the same. They said it's just such a, a a crazy hodgepodge of code, very inefficient, very badly optimized.
2: You yeah. know,
1: sh- showing the amateurish. Talent of the people that they had put putting the the project together, which may be part of its downfall. I think
2: oh, I think
0: it probably there. hampered the ability for them to do you know bug fixes and I just think a
1: like huge just, problem. Just take all the textures, put them over here. Take all the sounds, put them over here. Throw the engine out the window. Put the Unreal Three engine in front of them. <laughs> Rebuild it from <laughs> scratch. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: that, well, that would take even problem.
1: longer. I mean, uh, the wireframes, I mean, the geometry can all be imported in the Unreal Three engine. I mean, that's that's. The beauty of all this stuff is like you can you can render stuff in, in a 3D application and import it into an engine.
3: Yeah, they also have to pay for it.
1: Yeah, well, they only have to pay for it on retail release. They can play with it for free with the with the recent license change.
2: Well, now, yeah,
1: that's why they need an army of unpaid interns,
2: <laughs> aka the guild of writers.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Is uh, some of the Guild of Writers have made a point that, you know, strip out the code. Take everything out that you can't give us now. We'll, we'll plug the holes. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just like Jurassic Park. We'll fill amphibian DNA. You'd think they'd have some <laughs> some older copy of the code that hasn't been altered. But I guess... I know. I I think that when they removed um,
1: Havoc, because they couldn't afford the Havoc license, I was like, that is a bad idea. Because that made, they made caused so many nightmares. I mean, if, if for any of us who were in the beta, we saw these
3: the
0: uh,
1: nightmares. Well,
3: there's <laughs> also the for some really
1: humorous moments.
3: So. Yeah. They didn't create the engine; they got it off somebody else. And
1: what they did is they bought the company that made it. They called yeah. they were called Headspin. Yeah. I remember when it, at the time that they did that, there were not a lot of 380 engines out there. And see, that's they they were the downfall of their own long development time versus the changes in the industry that have, that have occurred by bigger development houses. And it, the, the one that I th- I think is the most influential, but also equally the most pointless is like the the ID team. They gave us Doom three and the Doom three engine was used for Quake four and Quake Wars and Portal and yep, Enemy, enemy tor- Portal uh, Prey, and Prey. Um, Whereas like you know yeah. Epic made the Unreal 3 engine, which they demoed with Gears of War levels, and it's it's become almost like the who's who of gaming engines. Like, almost every other game that I can think of that I want to play, or even more frequency than that, is on that. The new Brink that's coming out, which looks really interesting to me, is on the Unreal 3 engine.
3: Well, the unreal welcome to engines.
1: Over the Fence Episode 3, where we talk about the Unreal 3 engine. Yeah.
3: The Unreal engines <laughs> have always had a tendency to be extremely optimized and very easy to port and yeah. adapt to
1: various well, projects I, I will but say though when i there. when i played rainbow six vegas i thought what the heck is up with these people do they not know how to use this engine because it was horrible 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 on but the pc they have
3: never been very good well, not that they haven't been good but they haven't really ever been developing new things yeah. They do the existing things very very well, but they don't do anything new. I
1: th- yeah, I think they're Yachting starting to just, f- engines focus. Just, just like it. that's the thing I think with id is I think they're starting to they're they're becoming a tech company and less of a game company. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Which I don't mind that. I mean, it, as I said I, I think in the in the future that we're going to start compartmentalizing certain portions of game just like we have the the physics and we have Havoc Havoc appears to be dying on the vine now that Intel owns it. Um, I think that we'll have things like Facial animations will be specialized by a company and uh-huh. maybe hand animations or hands, models, whatever. One thing I always notice in 3D games, whenever they do a close-up with the hands, I'm like, oh, that is like a big old bear paw with, like, really long fingers. That's all that is.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. Well,
2: hands aren't the easiest things in the world to animate. Well, well, why not? If everything's
3: standardized and you can plug anything into anything else. Yeah, we, we've had the ability to scan
1: 3D objects for a while. I mean, the old Beast, Beast Wars TV series, they literally scanned the toys and animated them.
2: Janathus, thank you, finally someone who knows what that is. <laughs> I know
1: what that is. No, I
2: am not kidding. I know nobody who knows what
1: that is. Beast Wars became relevant to me when I saw the, the part of the second season where they tied it into the original Transformers show and suddenly my interest level like quadrupled.
0: My favorite episode was when that Raptor Decepticon like died or sacrificed. Yes. That was awesome. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It's about time. I remember
1: his name was. <laughs> that was. That was season three.
2: Now I have to go look that up.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I happen to own seasons two and three.
2: I hate oh. you right now.
1: But I never bought Beast Machines, even though they have both seasons in one box set. Boy, we're off
2: topic. We've um, <laughs> <I've> been <laughs> off the topic all day.
1: All right, so final bullet final play for this cast. Um, I thought this was just, blew my mind amazing, and I don't know if, it seems like the rest of you folks are not quite as amazed by it. But there was a video, it was on Dig, and it was actually pointing at Gizmodo, and I had to find a link to find the higher quality at Vimeo. And even with HD turned on, it's not as high quality as I would like. Like I would like to to see this thing at like 1080p. I want to see exactly what it looks like. But in any case, it's a, it, it's a uh, picture a time lapse photography of a night sky out somewhere on some kind of ridge in Texas. They said, and what I thought was really amazing about it is a couple things. If you take a minute and you just watch it. You'll notice that the stars actually give you a sense of depth and, therefore, a sense of distance. And if you if you look at it the right way, it, l- it looks like you're looking out the window down onto something. Mm-hmm. And in addition, part way through the video, the center of our galaxy becomes mm-hmm. visible, which I had no idea that we could even see from Earth. So, how
2: do I'm, they know it's the center of the galaxy? You know that was the thing
1: that kind of kind of struck me too. I was wondering if it is it the center of the galaxy or is it the center of the arm that we are in? Because you know we are in a spiral galaxy, you know, so there's spiral arms. So it, it may just be one of the arms, but they said center, and you know, <laughs> they they knew we could see it at all. So I, I'm going with them. But as I, as I said, I did kind of wonder about that myself. But even if it's only the arm, <laughs> that just makes it worse because then it's so much more huge than we have any concept. And apparently, after some some Google searches, I, there's actually more images of this, this kind of thing, and which makes me kind of disappointed. I, I didn't know this was there all the time. I always figured that all the stuff that we had seen of galaxies were abstracted artwork or what have you. I mean, who knows? Maybe our spiral galaxy isn't very spirally. Maybe it's just like a ball with a bunch of stars around it.
2: never know
1: how do we know we're in the middle of it you know it's it's we're, we're 20 that was the other thing is i i learned all this information about our, our uh, galaxy is like about roughly one hundred thousand light years across and we are twenty eight thousand light years from the center of the galaxy
2: how did hmm. they even determine that
1: i don't know people who are smarter than me have, have worked on figuring it out mathematicians <laughs> It's yeah. their only job That's we can just, do now. And that brings me to another fun point. Have any of you read the article or articles that says that most galaxies appear to be held together by giant black holes?
2: Mm-hmm. No. I've heard that. How is that possible? They s- suck everything into them. Well,
1: obviously the gravitational pull is, is sufficient to hold all the stars in, but not sufficient to pull them all the way in. I mean... I mean we we can't even imagine pulling dust from across a room with a vacuum cleaner <laughs> and we're talking 28,000 light years, you know. It's wow. maybe it's just amazing we're even held in place.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> I know the more you th- the more you think about it, and we're just this is just one galaxy. Just ours is one galaxy and like damn it, we need to invent warp Warp drive, drive speed now, so we can start seeing more of it. Because won't happen. Our, our nearest Stargate. our nearest uh, neighbor oh, Sean, is, is seven light years away. So even if we could go light speed, it would be seven years at that speed to get there.
2: Well, I'm surprised they haven't even thought about sending people at sub warp speeds that far, because seven years overall is within the human lifespan. Yeah, but, but seven now years you're at light like
1: speed. C. So this, it's, <laughs> so you have to go light speed. In order to get there,
3: and that's assuming there's anything there,
2: and there's yeah, that's assuming.
3: Yeah, because everybody knows we're in a big old sky sphere. You get on the other side, of that, you got the void. You got rendering problems. There's no reason to go out there. Hasn't
0: <laughs> Planet of the Apes taught us anything? <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, the world will be
1: taken over by apes.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: You can't. You can't do that to those people. But you know, there's um, uh, there's an interesting premise that I saw in um, <coughs> the Sunshine. Which the whole the whole thought that we, we could ever even hope to reignite our sun should anything be going wrong with it is just silly vanity. <laughs> I mean the earth itself is is what tiny of a speck compared to the sun? I don't care how big the spaceship you make, it's not going to be. there's nothing sufficient to reignite the sun. But in any case... John,
2: if the sun went out, Earth would go spiraling out It, of place.
1: it, it wasn't Sorry, out. I just it need s- to shoot up. It Pro was pain 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 it was going out. So, like, you know, a bright day w- was not going above, like, overcast type of sunniness. In any oh. case, the the ship that they had there, the point that I'm driving at here, is the ship had hydroponics. It had... A sustained food oxygen plant ecosystem to maintain oxygen and food, you know, for the crew. Mm -hmm. I thought, like, if we do any kind of long-distance travel, that's the only way we could do it. But then, okay, so we can keep the people alive, but how will we propel the ship all the way out there? Therein lies the problem. Big sleet Yeah, there's... Anyway, it's... it seems like the the more you start questioning that stuff, <laughs> the more questions you have. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> you just, like, and that's the thing is, like, as soon as you start looking at this stuff, you're like, I want to get out there and see that. I'm like, oh, there's really no way to do that, is there? That's
2: why you don't look at it. <laughs> Take this from someone who wanted to go to the sun in his car. <laughs> it's okay if you go at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to agree with Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not so hot at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My excuse was we could keep the windows rolled up.
1: You know, I read an article about um, astronauts who are in space. They said, like, the sun on Earth maybe something you, you can't quite look at. In space, you cannot turn in that direction. It's too blindingly bright. Well, I should hope so. That movie, Sunshine, I don't recommend it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> like, save, save your time and, and you know don't don't lose that time of your life to that movie, but um they had some fun scenes where like they turned ever so slightly to, to put the dish into the shed into the shade while they still went to the sun so they could run out and repair. I think they had four damaged mirrors and long long story short, the one the last guy out there rep- repaired the last mirror but didn't quite make it yeah, the red shirt yeah <sighs> the red shirt and but you know. If you gotta go, I would like a way where you're eerily vaporized to the point, like you know, there, there's not even a moment to register pain. Like if you gotta go, that would be a, a way I would like. I would like to pick. Choice be mine. I still have vivid images of that scene. Now, now the whole drowning thing. No, no, no. Don, I don't I want to drown?
2: How are we getting off? <laughs> okay, no. <never mind. laughs> I used to. Yeah, this has gone way off topic.
1: I used to be a diver in high school, not not scuba diver, like springboard diver. And I cannot tell you how many times I have woken up out of a, out of a dead sleep at the point that I would have started drowning because I was holding my breath because I was underwater. Wow. So like that point when your body says, um, I have to breathe. And so you're going to breathe when you finally just can't, you can't fight that urge any longer. The point I would have started drowning and I'm waking up <laughs> with my heart painfully pounding inside my chest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't dive anymore. <laughs> 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 and and also it's you know I <laughs> I don't want to sound ancient but diving and gymnastics are things y- you do when you're young like after you get in their 20s and you, you catch your knee the wrong way and some wrong bounce or whatever like oh,
2: oh 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 I can't drive home today well thank you grandpa we'll take that as a very good old wise bit of advice I
1: can still have fun on trampolines there's no drowning on trampolines I'm pretty sure <laughs> And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Anyone see the G.I. Joe movie? <laughs> I did. No. <laughs> Actually, let's not
0: even talk about it, please. No, it was awesome. The only thing that would have <laughs> it made it better... It was
2: stupid. It wasn't very, G.I. Joe. It, it was, was a popcorn was
0: a childhood's imagination. The only thing that would have made it better is at the very end of the movie, the camera pans back and you see it's some kid playing in a sandbox with all his action figures and that the whole movie was, you know, the ridiculous plot of his imagination. (laughs) I I played uh, with my toys like that all the time, and they were always coming up with crazy
1: plots and battles like that. That Mm would have made that movie actually awesome. That would (laughs) have
0: worked. And my uh, Cobra Commander was always teaming up with the Shredder, and so the G.I. Joes always had to team up with the Ninja Turtles. Uh,
2: But Zartan did
0: change color. That bothered me.
1: It would
0: also be cool if one of the G.I. Joes, like, started spinning around until one of the rubber bands in his <laughs> belly broke and then he, he just like fell limp.
1: Okay. I'm putting a rubber band in my microphone for some reason. <laughs> you mentioned rubber band. And I'm like, that's what I've been doing. I've been messing with the, the rubber band in my microphone for the longest time.
0: Why do I have so this? Rub- is that it for this episode?
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're about there
0: because <laughs> we can just tangentially talk forever. But, uh, I think we should pull this up to a close. all right, let's do that all right well, uh, for the cavern today over the fence, this is uh has been Jeff uh Jonathan, Sean, and Chad, and uh we'll talk to you guys later in our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're the
1: best host ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: It's like that scene from t- 2010. My God, it's full of Chuck
3: Norris jokes.
2: And then when we're in WoW, he'll jump around and do the most ridiculous things. Yeah, it's rather interesting.
3: Just because my flappy is
2: better than yours. Oh, shut up. I don't
1: understand this this particular take that you have here. There is nothing more important. That's right. Janathus is the Miss Piggy <laughs> of our group. Everything is about... Yeah, yeah there's... <laughs> There is nothing more important than than the arbitrarily set recording date that I that I didn't set. <laughs> and No, I, mean, I totally, I totally, totally would not kill you because if you know if if you're killed, you don't learn anything. But that that is not to say that I would not find a way to make you unhappy. I <laughs> you mean, you're not that much of a nerd you're right i'm in denial you play world of warcraft like i need no further evidence
2: <laughs> yeah and you know what sean has to sit through all my lore rants, which he totally doesn't appreciate the ones where you usually get the lore wrong i never get the law it-
1: counter so record okay yep oh good, good good i mean not that you could people could like shut up for like three seconds while i test recording
2: <laughs> sorry we, we just <laughs> like to talk <laughs> and what human being doesn't. Is your hair blonde, perchance? If you ever say... <laughs> That's
0: right. This podcast needs more bacon change. <laughs> we were once a on the podcast and blah, 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 blah.
1: If you could say it just like that, that'd be awesome.
2: Chad, <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> yeah, you, you, you like are like sounding way more blonde. Are you sure? <laughs> you <haven't-> John, <laughs> if you could... T- <laughs> Have you um, like maybe had a die job once, and maybe it just went a little deeper than the roots? I mean, if he's
0: still recording, he's, this is all going to end up in.
3: <laughs> By the power of Gray Skull.
2: All I know is that uh... I
3: have the. Po-
2: <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Now you're just making flashback. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's just recruit a friend. How dare you make me look at this screen and not have something shiny on it? Yeah, you're still 78. Shut up, Sean. You're still not Eddie? No. He's a bomb. What the
3: hell's the problem with you?
2: I am one who doesn't want to die, okay? All right, well,
0: I'll see you guys later. I gotta get going. Bye, Jeff. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye.